Young Thomas. Michael. Oh, and you are young, Thomas. But young Thomas is eventually going to get old. And did you know what, pal? Well, I hope so. <laughs> I was just reading an article from researchers at Albert Einstein College of Medicine. And they said this. I don't they know sound you... like a bunch of smart asses. <laughs> what? Hey, I went to Albert Einstein School of Medicine. They say that living to 150 is not only going to be reachable one day, but inevitable. How about that, pal? Also inevitable. Right. <laughs> How about that? Can you, I mean, can you imagine living to 150? I wonder if there is such a word as inevitable. Inevitable. What did I say? You said inevitable. Oh, be quiet. Oh. You're always such a stickler for a proper Diction, diction. You know the first three letters in diction. That's right. What? D-I-C. That's right. I don't know what that means, but I was watching TV earlier this morning and I saw one of those commercials. Have you seen one of those New commercials for ED. Yes. Using the banana. Yes. As a prop. Yes. Oh, that makes me very uncomfortable. Yes, it does. Yes. Now, they said this is happening because not only a technological, technological, oh, now you got me all screwed up. Technology. Advancements in medicine, but. Once we get control, Ta- oh, you're you're trying to say technological, man. I'm gonna I'm come, here to I'm interpret. Gonna, I'm going to smack you so hard one day. Oh, it'll they, be fun. They say that the combination of that, once we get control over the environment, it'll change people's lifestyles, and 150 will be reachable, my friend. 150. Did we really want to live to be 150? Oh, you know if this happens. Right now, you tell your grandchildren to buy stock in diaper companies, pal, right? It's going to be my new gig, man, <laughs> during the day. Diaper futures day trader. What do you think? I think you're, we've never been to this place before. So can you imagine a couple have been married for 100 years and they're running out of gifts to give? You know, you give a silver anniversary for so many years, you get silver, you get gold. You know what's a 100-year marriage? I'm thinking maybe a pistol and a butcher knife. Nope, a catheter. A box of catheters. A box of catheters. There you go, buddy, huh? Nice. And by the way, have you seen the Brian Cranston movie? No, I haven't. Oh, that's very uncomfortable, too. He plays a paraplegic. Ugh. And uh, who's the black comedian, Kevin Hart? Yeah. Yeah, he's talking about having to change his catheters. Is there a movie this guy Kevin Hart's not in? Yeah, he's in everything. Man. He's in everything except uh, the award shows, right? Right. <laughs> There's going to be some drawbacks for this. Think about all the pets you're going to go through, right? Yeah. And that's a lot of grief right there, that's right? That's a lot of sadness. That's why, you know what's going to be the most popular pet as we reach this age? Tortoises. They die slowly. That's right. <laughs> uh, and you're too like, funny today. And how do you like to be the program director at an oldie station, huh? Yeah, those are some really old tunes. They are. Yeah, but what are... 100-year-old people buying. See, that's the problem for advertisers. Ugh. That's always Ugh. been a problem. God, how about you spend 40, 50 years in an old folks' homes playing bingo? Oh, my Lord. Thomas. Yeah, and what's going to happen to Social Security? Oh, it's going to be long gone. You got to be 100 just to qualify, right? Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't want to be around. We're not going to be around when it happens, so it doesn't matter, right? It doesn't matter. Who cares? And you know what does matter, pal? 
Oh, the daily podcast. That's I'm right. glad yeah. you mentioned it because yeah. you never, ever talk about the podcast. But it's important, and more and more people are going there for their entertainment. No right. matter what time of day, mornings, you know, evenings, overnights when you can't sleep, That's what's right. this world coming to.com. It's entertainment on demand with the one and only Tom and Mike. This guy is a game warden in Oklahoma who goes on a dating app. Okay, looking for a little love. And this woman answers him. And when she answers him, she talks about how she illegally shoots a big buck and she's all bragging about it. And that she cuts off the head and leaves the body to rot because she just wants the, the trophy. And this guy's a game warden. So he makes a date with her. And guess what he does? Put through handcuffs, pal. Oh, and he wasn't looking to have a little fun either, was he? <laughs> and you know what, guys? She's still single. Uh-huh. You know what her dating app said besides that she shoots bucks? It said, her profile said, I like pina coladas, walking in the rain, old movies, and shooting deer in the dark with a spotlight. Wasn't that a song by Rupert Holmes in 1979? The pina colada song. Oh, okay, yeah. That was, was that- the pina colada deer song. Right. What's with all these people shooting deer and just using them for trophies and not killing the body, especially a woman? This is Oklahoma, pal. You've been to Oklahoma? And I've never been to Spain. No, either. Well, I've been to Spain and I've been to Oklahoma just driving through it. But I kind of like the music. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you this. If you were single again, would you ever use a dating app? No. Either would I. And why wouldn't you? just doesn't seem like something I'd want to do. You know, you you might be letting in all kinds of riffraff. Yeah, but what if you saw someone who you liked physically, that you liked your picture, she found out that she'd been in radio her whole life playing music down her basement, even though she wasn't on the radio real? Oh, I don't think I'd be interested at all. <laughs> no, I wouldn't do it either. I would be one of those. I would continue to go to those bars by myself and sit at a bar and Try and get enough liquid courage to go up and talk to somebody, which I did over the years. But uh, it worked now, out pretty good for you. You met Claire in a bar, didn't well, you? Well, that's only because my brother was with me and he, and he knew the woman she was sitting next to. So that that's the only reason. Yeah, I like the whole networking idea. If you have friends, you know, what's wrong with the old fashioned setup, right? Right. I'm not an app guy. I use very few apps on my phone. How about you? I don't use any. You don't use any? I have a couple apps. Wait, on- hey. What kind of millennial are you? <laughs> I use a couple apps on my iPad, but they're for like websites and stuff. And you have one of those extra absorbent iPads. I yes, guess. I do. <laughs> oh, you're such a smart ass today. Tom and Mike. All right, pal. So look, you know, these security cameras by your front door, they're a big thing now, right? Right. The ring doorbell, we have one. Does it capture people in front of it? Yeah, it does. Actually. On video. Yeah, it works pretty good. Well, <laughs> this week. There was a guy in Salinas, California. He was caught on the home security camera. The people weren't home, but there was a guy. He was licking the doorbell for three hours. The doorknob. I'm sorry. The doorknob. Why? (laughs) You think I would know? He came to this country about six years ago. Maybe that uh, wall is a good idea after all. Maybe the doorknob is part of his culture. You know how like in India, they worship the cow. Maybe he's from... No, he's from Latin. He's from Mexico. He's from Mexico. Originally. Okay. Maybe the doorknob was smothered in salsa. How about that? Mm. 
Or maybe he really just fell in love with the house. Oh, you know, no. who hasn't good? I mean, here we're judging the guy, but who hasn't enjoyed a good doorbell licking now and then? Have you, haven't you thought about that? You know, I think it's important to only lick the doorknob. And you said doorbell again. I think it's important to only lick the doorknob when it's like below freezing outside. Oh, so do you like your uh, your home video doorbell, whatever the hell you call yeah, it? Yeah, and it tastes great, especially <laughs> first thing in the morning with a cup of coffee. Mm. But you can see who's coming to your door, right? Yeah, we can hear the whole thing. It's incredible. But you know, the one thing the ring doorbell does not do. What's that? Is ring the doorbell. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. We had to put a separate, you know, little sign there that says, push this button to ring the door. Because right. when you ring the door, ring doorbell right. from the Department of Redundancy Department, what happens is it makes a little noise on your phone, but you can't hear it. If you have a big house, you can't hear it, right? Yeah. And I have a very big house. Those, <laughs> People you love, don't want to hear You love it when I say that. Come on. Come on. I want you to be humble, Tom. Humble Tom? Humble Tom. Humble Tom. Cool can kid. Yes. <laughs> Tom and Mike. They just came out of the list of the 10 most dangerous jobs in America. Do you have any idea how many they can get out of the 10? I'm going to go with Throw most them out there. dangerous, huh? The most dangerous in order from 1 to 10. I don't think I'm going to get any. Just go ahead and tell me. Come on. You can pick one. Um. Defense secretary for the president? <laughs> I don't right. know. Tell me. You don't want to play. All right. Number one, fisherman. Fisherman? That's right. I didn't understand it, but uh, I guess that's go, going out in those boats or accidents, hauling in those big catches. Number two, I understand completely, a logger. Wait a minute. Back up. The number one most dangerous job in right. America right. is fishing? Yep. What is he catching? Sharks? Well, no. They go out there in the rough seas. And this is done statistics of how many people die each year in these jobs. And more fishermen die than any other job, I guess, in these statistics. This is from the federal government fatal work injury statistics. So Who fisher- knew? Wow, that's crazy. Fishermen great. are number one. Loggers are number two. I can kind of see. A logger, don't they have to... Float on those logs down a river or whatever. <laughs> and they got to learn how to dance on them, like those quick dance. That's right. Air pilots, bush pilots. Okay, I can see that. But fishermen? A roofer? What about the Gordon's fisherman of Gloucester? Right. He can't get out of that raincoat he's wearing. He can't. But I would imagine that keeps him safe. A roofer is number four. I can see that, falling off the roof. Sure. Here's one I didn't understand. I mean, I understand it, but I didn't think it was true. Trash recycle collectors. You know, guys that are trashmen, sanitation workers. What, what are they getting stuck in the in the machine? That's weird. Yeah, number six, steel workers. Hot and molten lava. That's right, the... baby. Number seven, truck drivers, over the road truck drivers. I okay. know that because every time you turn on your news, you see an, a guy in a fiery crash. Right. Mm-hmm. Number eight, farmers or ranchers. Number nine, farmers or ranchers. Right. What's so dangerous about that? Uh, poachers, them poachers. <laughs> well, you, get, you get caught in one of those big machines, like a, you know. Oh you, yeah, you could fall off your tractor. That's, that's right, right, pal. Okay. Number nine, landscapers or groundskeepers. Wait, number nine, landscapers. Yep, and groundskeepers. It was a combination. And number ten were power line installers. I can see that. Too. I can see that too. But and you want to know what the three safest jobs are as far as statistics and dying? 
radio DJ? Yeah, no. Angry listeners will come after your ass. That's no. Number one is investment services. Okay. Number two is patent and trademark lawyers. And number three, information services. So I guess it's all three people that sit behind a desk all day and they're not going to end up dying. So that's it, my friend. The 10 most dangerous jobs in America. And we don't have either one of them, do we? Uh, back to the safest jobs. Did you never want to beat up your account broker? Now, come on. Uh, yes, of course. Those crappy stock tips. That's true. Which yeah. you gave me a couple bad ones. So I don't know about your list, but I'm definitely going to disagree with number one and number nine. Fishermen. And what was the other one? The number nine was landscapers and groundskeepers. Yeah, that's crazy. What? Well, you're getting injured with the lawnmower? You're, you're, you're knocking yourself upside the head with a rake? I'm only telling you what the government told us. Government. <laughs> government schmotherment. Tom and Mike. Thomas, they did a survey recently about... Who's they? This was from Newsweek magazine. I've heard of them. And they sound that women want their men to do more housework, more house chores around the home. Now, would you be guilty of that? Or would you be someone who your wife says, yeah, he helped out a lot? So let me get this right. This is according to an article in Newsweek magazine that they, says that women want their men to do more of the chores at home. Right. Women right now do 65% more work than their men. Housework, childcare, things like that, cooking, and the men don't do any, mostly anything. And you know what the worst country is in the Western world for that? Australia. Only one in eight men do anything around the house. I would have thought it would have been the USA. Where do we rank? We're not that. We're about fourth. Okay. I know in your personal household, you really carry your weight, if yep. I'm not mistaken. You cook a lot. Yep. You clean a lot. Yep. You really pull your weight. You do laundry, too, don't you? Yes. Well, not as much as my wife. Do you realize, not since I've been single, and even when I was single, I just, I'd wear something, and I'd throw it on the floor, <laughs> and then I'd buy something else to replace it, you know? And then I just had all this dirty laundry sitting around, and <laughs> then I met my wife, and thank God I met her, because I realized... You know, I have a lot of clothes. <laughs> You're a clothes hound. <laughs> but no, I've never done laundry probably since I've been single. Right. Well, see, I do other things like around the house. Like I'll do the hard work. Like I'll get up on the roof and fix a leak. Or get up on your roof and take a leak. <laughs> or fall off the roof like or, I did. Or last. you grow tomatoes up on your roof. <laughs> <laughs> One of the reasons why. This I'm is a doing... guy, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> if you've never heard us talk about this, he actually grows tomatoes. In the summer. Right. And what do you do to make the tomatoes do extremely well? You urinate on them. <laughs> it's an old Italian whatever. That's right. But if Mike ever offers you like some of his homemade tomatoes, because he's got a ton of them, he's offered them to me and I pass every time. Trust me, <laughs> they might taste great. You know, when you start thinking about why they taste great. Oh, please. The rains happen over time. And oh, it doesn't, please. Well, let's get back to the housework. One of the reasons why men don't do the housework is they think it's a marker of feminine identity. That's not a very secure man, is it? No. And whatever happened to a woman's work is never done. How about that? And these women today complain about that. Compared to our grandmothers, they didn't have automated washing machines, dishwashers, vacuum cleaners. Come on. What are these women talking about? You know what the woman's main fantasy is? That their husband discovers where the vacuum cleaner is in the house. That's her fantasy. That's her fantasy? Yeah. That's his fantasy. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh, man. I just think men today, they should do their fair share, don't you? Absolutely. And I can't say that I'm guilty of doing my fair share. I could do more. In fact, you're encouraging me, you're challenging me to be a better man with my chores at home. And I thank you so much for that. I even make the bed sometimes. Do you ever do that? Never. Seriously? No. Even when you sleep in that other room and you get out of it, you don't make it? No, she always makes it. And you know what? You are too much. She always gives me turn down service in the evening. With a little piece of chocolate on the pillow. <laughs> I don't know. That That is some marriage you got going. You do so much. Isn't it normal, but you seem I to do a happen. lot of TV watching. No, I don't. I told you I never watch TV. Right. Except Liar. when I can't sleep at night and I turn it on in the middle of the night to hear some atrocity that's been committed by our POTUS. Or you could get in the middle of the night and get on our podcast. What's that podcast? What's this world coming to.com quite often when I can't sleep yet in the middle of the night, I pick my phone up right next to my bed and I have a favorite right on my phone. I just press that button. Actually, you know, I have an app too, just for that. What's this world coming to.com makes it easy. Actually, I can't stand listening to my voice. So, no. <laughs> I never listen to the podcast, but you should. That's right. Tom and Mike. I'm guessing that you never had a hobby when you were growing up or as a young adult, did you? Yeah, I had a hobby. What was it? Radio. Well, that's not a hobby. That's a, that's a, I never had a hobby either. I'm a you one never- dimensional person. No, actually, you know what? I used to build these model airplanes. Oh, did you really? Yeah. Well, that's a normal hobby. I love flying those airplanes. I, I was never, I never went totally remote control. You know, I was always on the wire. You know, going round and round in a circle where you make yourself dizzy. Right. But that was fun for me. Yeah. Well, that's kind of normal. Putting those airplanes together. You know, one thing I realized when I was like 12, 13 years old. Right. I would put airplanes together and model cars. Did you sniff the glue? I love the smell of that glue. Oh, Oh, it was so much fun. But I didn't actually, you know, put my nose up to it. It was just sort of the essence, the memories of that. Also, you would paint your model airplanes with something called dope. Right. Did you ever hear of that? Nope. No, it was actually the paint for the model airplanes was called dope. I know that sounds crazy, but look it up. Well, look, that's a kind of a normal hobby. It's like stamp collecting or coin collecting or things like that. I'm going to list you 10 of the weirdest hobbies in the world compiled by this British website. Aren't you list- going to ask me to guess? You, you always never. ask me to guess this stuff. and I, You'll never you'll never get any of maybe, them. Maybe I'll guess one. All right. Go ahead. Nail clipping collector. <laughs> nope. Okay. No? You're clo- well, the closest one to that is number eight, naval fluff collecting. Oh, yeah, yeah. I can see that. You can? Yeah, sure. You're proud of that, right? Oh, my God. All right, here they are real quick. Number one is mooing. Some people have a knack for making animal sounds. Did you know there is something known as competitive mooing? Competitions take place in rural settings and areas that are noted for farming. Nothing is too bizarre these days. Now, where's that on the list, competitive mooing? Number one. Number one. Well, they just list, I don't think they're, I just think. They're just all weird. Yeah. Not like the weirdest versus the least weirdest. Right. Number two is faking your own death. Yes, you heard it right. It's become popular and stems from the last year's trend known as planking, where a person must lie still and plank in unusual locations. So you're lying dead where people think you die. Number three, competitive dog grooming. How about that? Competitive dog grooming. That's a thing. That's a thing. Number four, milk bottle collecting. Okay. Are we talking actually glass or cardboard? Glass. 
Okay. This one guy that gets a, expensive. That's an expensive hobby because you have to pay a deposit on that. Number five, soap art. Soap art, carving beautiful flowers out of soap and stuff like that. Now here's one I never heard of. How about ice sculpting? Well, that, that's not on it, but that's probably a little bit more uh, normal. Here's one: tape art. Basically, it involves you pulling out all the magnetic tape from inside a cassette and then recreating a work of art. This is a fairly obscure hobby and not only got started a few years ago, but there's a picture of one of the tape arts, a picture of Jimi Hendrix's face. It's amazing. So there it is, tape art. Was it VHS or Betamax? <laughs> I think VHS. Number seven, train spotting. No, not the movie. It's an actual hobby where people collect, like to collect seeing different types of train, tracking trains in certain areas and things like that. I told you naval huff, naval fluff huffing is, is eight. Na naval what? Fluff collecting is eight. Okay. Here's one that's really strange. Extreme ironing. The hobby requires followers to iron out the creases of their clothes in weird and unusual ways. Extreme ironing. There's, like a picture, there's a picture of a guy ironing as he's going down a white water raft exhibition. Another guy is ironing on a peak of a mountain. And the last one. Extreme ironing. Yeah. Wow. And number 10 is called Hikara Doradango. It's polishing dirt. You take a ball of mud. Draw the moisture out of it while coating it with finer and finer layers of soil, after which you start to work the dirt by polishing it into a spear, by hand into a spear. And then you paint it with airplane dope. There are some strange people out there, aren't there? <laughs> yeah. Aren't there? You know, I got a much better hobby. Just sit around all day and listen to the podcast. There you go. What's this world coming to? <laughs> Dot com. Tom and Mike.